When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Player Profiler Faithful, it's Matty Keywoom. Welcome to the latest episode of The Game Plan. First and foremost, subscribe to that Player Profiler YouTube channel if you're not already. And please take a minute to absolutely destroy the like button and leave a comment too. Uh, just let me know what we get right and even what we get wrong here in this episode. And that's right, I did say we because I am joined by a very, very special guest. Matter of fact, I'm sitting down with one of the best guys overall in the business. We are diving into the 2022 rookie class but specifically in best ball format so gang get out your pens and your pads and let's start game planning to properly place some value on this year's rookie class in best ball planners today my guest is somebody that i've been personally very excited to sit down with for a while now he's a fellow football Gen, and it is awesome just hanging out with him over at the fantasy football draft house we did in kansas city a few months ago that was a, that was a blast he's a contributor to the orange bloods which is the leading source in all things longhorns and he is not only the host of the roster watch podcast but he's one of the founders of the entire operation hill country's finest alex dunlap alex what's going on man yo yo dude how you been brother you've been all right man you've holding up okay you've been able to been able to get by without eating all those ribs and stuff like that well funny that my my wife makes a mean rib so i've had my fair share of ribs i'll tell you those but, kansas city ribs are different I, they they're kind of good they're kind of good looking back <laughs> well, i think it's more about the experience um yeah you no know, it's the kind of kind of cooked a little bit let's start with a hot take alex let's start with a hot take you said something in that van what did you say i didn't say any i i didn't want to say anything then at the actual event because i didn't pay for um i didn't pay for the ribs you know there was it was was somebody else um but those those ribs looked like they were they felt like they were just cooked on like a propane grill like they didn't feel like they were smoked. They didn't, they're just black on the outside. Well, like the thing that made them taste good was all that sweet, sweet red sauce on top. That stuff they had good, good barbecue sauce. Yes, but I think that Kansas City barbecue might might take a minute to get used to from somebody coming down in Texas. <laughs> they had, I mean, if I would to shell out some power rankings uh, for what we were served that day, the ribs would not be in the first, second, third place even. They did do a great job with the barbecue, but the ribs, you're right. It wasn't my favorite. Matter of fact, Billy made some better ribs at the house a couple days later. Or a day Billy's later, a G, so. dude. Billy, 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 uh, <laughs> Billy, 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 was it Billy Musio? He yep. sent me, yep. um, just, just for those who might not know who we're talking about, he sent me a, uh, uh, a series of like Twitter videos in my DMs. 
showing me exactly how to shuck oysters. Yeah, you mentioned that. You're like, I need yeah. some videos on how to do it. And he's like, dude, <laughs> dude what you, you he followed through. <laughs> followed through, man. The guy's a G. Yeah, yeah. Billy's a G. Makes a mean rib. Uh, I do remember you saying that Texas ribs were better than the KC ribs you had. Yeah, well, I've never had them. Yeah, everything's the, better. Yeah. All all the Central Texas, bar, like all the crap barbecue <laughs> in Central Texas. That's that's where it all came from. It's Aaron yeah. Franklin. The whole explosion across the country is right out of Central Texas. Franklin's that the place that the, the the lines around the door, right? Like that's like the yeah, spot. You gotta, Franklin's. You yeah, you gotta show up at like five a.m. Just go drink <laughs> a bunch of beer. Some lawn chairs, like a new yeah. release of a fucking. Exactly, like, man. Yeah. You're 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 about my age. Remember Beanie Babies? Remember those? Yeah, little, yeah. Beanie, dude, those things used to cause lines. I would. I remember my aunt was into it, and she'd be like, "Yeah, but I got in line at like five thirty. I was like, and I'm you know 10, 12 years. Old. I'm like, what? <laughs> you got all that early for a stuffed animal? Like, holy shit. And then, of course, we didn't save any of them. So, the value that we, that's, that's a podcast for another time. Alex, thank you so much for sitting down. I'm really excited to talk rookies in the best ball format. But before we do, I always like to surprise my guests with two quick questions. So, how long have you been playing fantasy football? And then, how would you describe your fantasy management style? Okay. Um, so, my dad got me playing fantasy football. It's actually one of my dad's co workers. Uh, at a company he founded in Austin. Um, and I think my first year playing was in 1995 or 1996. And that was a league where we, um, the commissioner, again, was my dad's co-worker. And that was a league where we got the <laughs> the commissioner, like hand wrote out the scoring yep. and sent it via t- t- snail mail. And so we didn't even know who won the matchups until Tuesday when it would come in the mail. But I remember it was always fun for me and my dad when he got home. I'd wait till my dad got home. We'd walk down there to the mail together and open up the letter and, you know, see who won the matchups that week and stuff like that. So I've been playing a long time. Um, I've been doing this professionally. I guess the radio show started in was that was that the second question? What was the second question? No, the, the second question is like, how would you describe your style? But, yeah, go into it all. My style. Okay. Your well, yeah. Style. So uh, I've been playing You're for that playing. long. I've been doing this as a job since 2010. Um, syn- syndicated on Sirius XM since 2013. Oh. Um, and uh, my man- my management style, It's I guess it's different in redraft than it is in Dynasty. Right. And, um, simply because they're two different games. Sim- very simply, in Dynasty, I'm very much of a win-now player. I always want to win. I want to win every single year. I, um, I know that at Player Profiler, you guys have these new tools now where it's like the win now uh, oh, hell yeah. setting versus like in the um, in the Dynasty Deluxe, you have like the win now settings versus the rebuild settings and stuff like that. I, I've always told Matt and, and Cody and stuff when we had these, converse- <laughs> these conversations to me, like at the very worst, I'm going to be in a productive s- struggle. Um, yeah. I'm always, I'm always trying to win now. I'm generally, for a guy like me, um, who is so into the rookies and watches them and goes and scouts them all and you know goes to the training facilities and talks to their trainers and their agents and sees them live and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I generally take a little bit of an approach to where I like to exploit the rookie fever that other people have in dynasty rookie drafts and see if there's somebody who I can land who I already know is a proven NFL talent. Right, right. For, for, instead of taking these guys with the with the with a first round pick. So that was kind of my strategy for dynasty. My strategy for redraft has typically been, I mean, I just use the cheat sheet, man, the roster watch cheat sheet. I draft using that. I use our pro all, all, all the products that we create for our end season management. Those are things that I strictly adhere to. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's very much um, about kind of the seasons within the season and the consolidation of your roster through the seasons where when you finally make it to the playoffs, it's it's you've taken all the depth that you've managed to accumulate through the season. You've traded up at all these positions to where you can hopefully have a super team and yeah. building that super team through the course of the season is sort of my MO and a big, big, big part of that is of course through, you know, being very active on waivers. Right. And, That's huge in redraft. Yeah. And also um, I think one thing that a lot of people just forget about in fantasy is that you have to get off to a fast start. People talk about building. For, I, I don't give a shit about the playoff schedule. I don't, I, mm-hmm. I, I could literally care less. Like it's like Matt, Matt, you, you've looked at your team's, like 12 weeks into the season and they look absolutely nothing like the team that you drafted it's every just, year it's every single year it goes. it's like byron my co my my co-host and my business partner byron lambert always talks about he's like a fantasy football season's like it's like a you know when salmons come back home from yeah they, they, they come back home and they come up the river to That's when the Bears home. snatch them, right? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, or Eagles or anything else like that. They get pecked on, they, like their, their noses and their faces and their eyes and everything all falls off. They get back to where they all started and they die. And so it's like the whole time you're just a dying salmon, dude. You're, just, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're just you're, you're 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 trying to navigate the Bears and the Eagles and jumping yeah. over these egresses and you know you're fighting against the current. Your nose is falling off, like and all all this stuff, right? Um, through the course of the uh, through the course of the attrition of the season. The important thing to remember is all that depth, having having five running backs when you only need to start two, all that stuff, it's not going to help you pass the trade deadline. you got to get that mm-hmm. stuff consolidated. You have to build a super team. And so uh, through, through the attrition of the season, that's generally what I'll strive to do as far as redraft. So for redraft, for me, it's getting off to a fast start. That also – getting off to a fast start is also important because whenever other team, whenever you're 4-0 or you're 5-0 – and there are other teams in your league that start. It's usually in week four when people start to get real panicky about their shitty teams. Right. And right. if they're zero and four, yeah. if they're one and three, they're like, "Oh Jesus, man! Like if if I lose two more games, you know, two more, I'm I'm going to be on the bubble for the playoffs for the whole rest of the season. Right. I got to make some changes now. And that's when you can swoop in for trades, and you can you know you can just say, "Look, um, I'm I'm here dealing from a position of strength." It's like I got this four and zero football team. Like, I, like right. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need to be picking off these crappy players that have led you to this one and three start. <laughs> like, so I mean, if we're gonna do business here, we're gonna be doing business here from on on my home court. You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're talking about my players that are more valuable than yours, and we're gonna get a deal done that might not make you happy, but it could make your team better. So, uh, those are the, the, I would say that those would be my core principles. But you know, fast start and redraft yeah. is probably the one that I care about the most. Fast draft and reach and and I, me and Cody, when we talk about this a lot too, with Dynasty, even it's becoming such a like a algebraic, super like, difficult problem to solve. And I like to I like to dumb it down to addition and subtraction. That's only what I can handle. I'm too dumb, so I like to just simplify. And winning now, those strategies are true throughout all formats. Throughout everything is winning now. You're trying to do the same thing. You're trying to, you know, I like to I fatten my bench in the off season so that I can kind of just sharpen my sword throughout the season and just keep dealing off depth. So like you said, you. You have that roster where you're starting, you know, maybe two or three top 12 receivers in your lineup, uh, a top 12 running back. Like you're truly a beast by the end. You can't take them with you when you die, dude. Or I mean, there it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't take all this stuff with you into the playoffs. You got to you got to you got to load up and you just got to hope that 
hope that you make it through for those three weeks. Absolutely. Uh, but you mentioned that you do guys, you know, over at Ross watch, you guys crush it with the rookie coverage. So I want to talk rookies, but before we dive into the main subject of the show, let's hear from the pod father as he talks about our dynasty dominator. Now I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your dynasty league and I have it. It's called the dynasty dominator app. You go to the app store, go to Google play. It's right there. It's $5 to download. And then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can, Add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for super flex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. No one does a better ad read than Paul. I mean, that's the, do you know what do you know what Jerry Jones said that the that the sign of a best like the sign of a best salesman is? Do you do you, do you, do you know what the best salesmen do? Just ask for the good? money. Just ask for the money. <laughs> right. Cut the shit. Ask for the money. There's there is Matt just just saying like it's five dollars. You're gonna spend it every year. You're gonna love it. It's like. <laughs> He's the best. And the Dynasty Dominator app, you know, we talk about our Dynasty strategy. I use the shit out of it when I try to take it to the next level. So check it out. $5 every year, and you know, you can stay up. And what's $5 when you're winning hundreds from your freaking idiot buddies in your leagues, right? Yeah, man. It is what it is. So, Alex, my first question to you is, overall, is the 2023 rookie class good relative to their current ADPs in best ball? Uh, I I mean, I told you earlier, man, I'm a little – as weird as it is to where, you know, we at roster watch, we sort of positioned ourselves kind of early on as the ones that really took it to the streets and took it to the, you know, took it to the boots on the ground type of stuff for going and seeing all these guys and bringing the coverage of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of weird for me to say it, but gen- I generally take a little bit of a cautionary approach to rookies. I mean, even in best ball this year, it's a little bit different because there are some guys that are going with ADPs that are actually starting to shift a little bit now. Right. Mm-hmm. But early on, I mean, if I just look at it right now, like, so if I go to drafts and I go to completed drafts, so I, I had probably before the NFL draft even occurred, it looks like I had on underdog, about, it looks like 27 of these that I had, that I had done um, even before then. And I feel like that, that was the time when I was really loading up on my Kendra Miller's, my Roshan mm-hmm. Johnson's, um, I think I had like 80% exposure to Kendra Miller before the NFL draft. Now, you know, he's getting, he's getting a little bit more expensive. Um, I would just like to see, like, I wonder what my total exposure, like, I'll just tell So let's just look at my total exposures here okay. across. So the guys who have them, this, and, and this is interesting. So this is post NFL draft, right? Post mm-hmm. NFL draft. Um, so tank Dell is my highest exposure just because I can get tank Dell He's going right now as wide receiver 87. So you can take him with, you know, you, you, you get him for free. And one of the things about tank Dell that I really like is um, in a lot of these best ball builds where I go three quarterback, a lot of the times um, 
CJ CJ Stroud will be available there, you know, fourteenth mm-hmm. round, something like that. There's a super super easy and cool way to create just a little mini stack where you can, you know, your last few picks you take John Mechie, CJ Stroud, Tank Dell, and all of a sudden now you have a whole whole another stack option. Mm-hmm. There are, there are a couple guys like that to where it's just it's hard to find a quarterback and his primary associated pieces that you can get for you know you can get that sort of stack equity even on a shitty team right but you can get that kind of stack equity um mm-hmm. that late in drafts and you can you know you, you can complete it after it looks like i have tank in 47.8 percent of drafts i have Jaden reed in 43.5 percent of drafts that's i mean it's kind of a theme he's going as wide receiver 71 yeah. Jaden reed is looking like he's probably going to be the number two wide receiver for that team um Let's see. Um, as far as other rookies, so Bryce Young, I've taken as a third quarterback. It looks like in thirty-four point eight percent of leagues, I love Bryce Young. I feel like he's got good weapons around him. Um, and as I go down here, it's it's funny, Matt, because you know me. None of these guys have really been my favorite through the process, and it's mainly just because of price. But so many right price. So 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 much of these guys have you know. There's like Matt talks about sometimes there's just a rookie fever, right? There's a rookie mm-hmm. fever. And some of these guys, uh, Devon A chain, I've 30% Devon A chain. Um, not sure how much I'm liking that now with all the rumors about Dalvin. Dalvin Cook. head and down south. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> down to Miami. I'm just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling here. This is an interesting one. Uh, Zach Evans at running back 64. I have him in 21.7% of drafts. I think those are the drafts where I get a little feeling a little bit squirrely at running back and want to go with a five or six running back build. Two shots at the end, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Farther and farther down. Looks like I have Kendra in 17.4% of drafts. He's uh, Kendra's now going as running back 44, which I still think is fine. Mm-hmm. I still think it's fine. And I hate to be the cliche guy that says it, but I really do view him as a better and best ball type of player simply because in redraft leagues, I'm going to have plenty of Kendra Miller. I, I mean, he's been my running back too for, you know, basically the, you know, basically the entire process. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is, um, he's going to be one of these guys that goes against my general redraft strategy of getting off to a fast start. So he, he might be one of these dudes who I let somebody else draft. I go in and swoop in after the bad start when they're one and three, see mm-hmm. if I, get Kendra as a throw in in one of those trades as far as as far as redraft leagues uh, other than that I'm looking down here we're getting down to like the 15 percent range oh Roshan Johnson 17.4 percent going at running back 47 um and then other than that it's just kind of sprinkles of these guys like sub sub 10 percent portions of guys like Tajay Spears uh, I think that Cody has a really good take about Tajay Spears and dynasty versus in redraft this season right. um where he doesn't like him in dynasty because of the completely messed up knee, but in redraft, he'd probably, he'd probably be fine for at least this year. Um, Josh Downs, you know, sub 10%, Rashi Rice, all these guys. So it's funny, man. You don't, you don't hear me mention Bijan. I, I don't have much, much Bijan. Well, that was actually going to be my, my follow up question because I couldn't, I can't have Mr. Alex Dunlap on and not talk about the former Texas Longhorn. Mm-hmm. So my question is, you know, with him going off the board as running back two, which is rich. Are you excited about that? Are you willing to take that plunge? We know that Atlanta likes to run the ball, but it's not always with just one guy. So what are your thoughts on Bijan in best ball formats right now? <laughs> I mean, I got to um, – let me think it's about like, this. So I, don't, I mean, there's a million ways I can go when I talk about Bijan right. Robinson. Of um, course. I, you know we all know he's good for the community. 
Yeah, oh yeah. So in your points he, per community helping <laughs> league, he's dominant all over. Points it. for point point points per can of soup donated. Yeah, <laughs> you get three um, points for w- walking the old lady across the street. Those yeah. leagues you want them. Yeah, um, I'll say this is about Bijan. First thing I'll say is that an underdog where he's going at like he, I mean, he goes at like seven overall in these underdog things. I'm yeah. I now have the PPR version up of the roster watch, the ultimate draft cheat sheet, which. I hate to say it because I care about all these products, but the ultimate draft cheat sheets for the redraft, the season long managed leagues, that's our most important product. Cause that's what all the regular people still all play. Right. That's like for every re- the underdog sheet that gets downloaded, there will eventually be like 40 of the redraft right, sheets that right, get downloaded yeah. just because that's what the normies do. And that's what they want. The normies. But, is, is, but, that's when we graduated. Talk about those normies. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, they got, I mean, they're the cashies. Yeah, I mean, there are people who just love to, and and those guys can be good, man. Those guys and gals can can be good, but they just they you tell them what best ball is, and they're just like, man, what you're, you're drafting fantasy teams in April? It's like, what's wrong? <laughs> yeah, February. Yeah. Um, the NFL hasn't even started. It's not even yeah. close. Um, I like him. I, I've been getting him more in, in in those redraft simulations using the early managed season long ADP because you can get him at the turn. Mm-hmm. I think seven is just too. It's it's a little too early, man, and. It's not just the fact that I'm not sure about the quarterback. It's not the fact that I'm not even sure about the entire offense. I mean, there's certainly things that go on Bijan's side. One, he he could he he could be Ladainian Tomlinson. One, so of course, like, that's yeah. the biggest thing. Um, two, the offensive line there has a few of my a few of the favorite guys that I've scouted. You know, as far as coming out, they got like guys like McGarry. They got Chris Lindstrom. That like, and they were actually a really good run blocking unit last year, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something that I really love. Of course, Bijan, the draft capital, they're going to need to play him. But I did see just this week um, from OTAs, they were asking the running backs coach, they're like, well, how do you deal with the fact that you had a record-breaking rookie last year, a 1,000-yard rusher last year in Tyler Algier? Um, what's this, the constitution of that running back room? And he said, look, man, if you think you're going to have a guy that's going to be like the main carries guy or the guy who's going to be the main dude toting the rock and all, he's, he's like, I have news for you. Those days are over. Um, that, 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 that isn't how this is going to work. We're not going to be looking at it. to like, get this guy, all the carries here, this guy, all the carries right. here. Like we want these guys to all have long careers, blah, blah, blah. It's the same stuff. It sounds like coach speak, but it's actually kind of true. It's like, it's the way the NFL teams are moving, right? That's why you see on underdog, you know, there's only, there's only two running backs that go in the first rounds of these drafts. Like Jonathan Taylor's going to Jonathan Taylor's going to like the two hundred one usually the two hundred two usually yeah stuff like yep. this T- Tony Pollard who's going to be a great pl- Nick Chubb these guys are going to be great players this year Barkley you know what I'm saying like you can get all mm-hmm. these guys in the second round of these drafts people are crazy about wide receivers and I get it it's a more sophisticated player over there on underdog the 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 structure over there on underdog whenever they're letting guys like Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon and t- you know all these others fall to the sixth round I mean it makes sense to get your wide receivers early even if they're on you know on net not going to be scoring uh, along the same way simply because you know, for one you got to start more of them and, and for mm-hmm. two it's just that's the that's the way that the game over there is being played right now and I can and I can I can get it um, but to, what I just to me Bijan is one of those it's Bijan and Christian McCaffrey like the, the I mean those are the two we haven't mm-hmm. really we, we haven't seen Bijan play yet we we don't know how this timeshare is going to work we we um, so if we're looking at an ADP that I think is a, I think is ADP in the season long early ADP data from early redraft leagues in PPR at the very least, where I've made the cheat sheet, I've done thousands of simulations using early ADP data across all, all the different sites. 
and brought in the ratings cue, like the rankings cues from ESPN, Yahoo, like the stuff that all the auto drafters yeah. are going to use, right? They're just exactly. Pick the yeah, all, the, all the cues will be on top. Yeah. yeah so like I, I, top I, guys, I, yep. I, I, I bring all those in. I bring in the rankings from fantasy pros that a bunch of people look at, like all that stuff, right? And then I just, I, I, I run the simulations and you can get Bijan more at the turn. I just feel like he's, he's more, he's, he's better priced there. I think in best ball, He's he's a little bit high right now on underdog, especially it's it's only a half point PPR site. The one thing I will say about Bijan in an underdog type of setting or in a best ball setting, again, the old cop out, he's gonna have big games. Yo, he's mm-hmm. he's 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 gonna oh, have yeah. really oh, big. Yeah. He's gonna have spike weeks. Um, I just I don't know if it, if I just I don't know if there's I mean is there that much can we really project that much of a difference between what Bijan is is projected to do this year and what Tony Pollard is projected to do? I mean, if you put it down and you actually run the projections, there's I'm sure that this is something that Billy and Theo and those guys have been arguing about over their spreadsheets and stuff like that. And, you know, Slack channel, I'm sure that they're saying the same thing I'm saying, because, I mean, we have similar methodologies. It's There's not that much to that goes into this. It's mm-hmm. like it's it, it looks pretty similar. There, there shouldn't be that big a discrepancy in, as, as far as ADP. It just has to do with the excitement about the new toy. The new toy, and it's not just the new. It is like the premier, the shiniest, it's, best new toy. I mean, it, it's it, as like good said, of a prospect as you know Saquon comps. Man, I mean, Matt, look, all right, but look, I, but see, I, I, I let it off by saying, here's, here, here's the one thing. He, he could be LT, and so right. like he that's kind of he the thing. Be. Is so that's kind of how where the discrepancy comes. But the talent, if I mean, if you're just if you're talking about a, a Madden video game where you get to dictate his usage, there's I mean, there's no there maybe not be a more talented back, but he goes to an offensive situation where you said there was a thousand yard rusher that's in his second year. He's not an old player. They still love themselves some quarter pattern. So as long as he's on that roster, I can't expect Bijan to be the only guy in the backfield that has a pass catching role. And I would ex- express this. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey as great as McCaffrey was, he was running back 12 in his rookie season. I know that's great. I'm not saying that's bad, but when you're taking a guy at the one Oh nine, one Oh 10, you don't want him to finish as running back 12 on a points per game basis. No, man. Yeah, no. It, well, that would, I can't, that would be a disastrous outcome for Bijan if he finished it, finished his running back 12 after being taken at seven overall. I, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess it's within the realm of possible. He's just, Bijan's so good. I just, I mean, I think he's good. I, I, I just, to me, it's just the discrepancy. It's mainly from, look. You you got Nick Chubb who finally has Kareem Hunt the hell out of there who's gonna who's got a whole you know who's got a whole surrounding system that's gotten mm-hmm. better Deshaun Watson that to to to, to my eyes um, looks much much more on point than we'd seen it all last year uh, improved offense um, uh, uh, talk talk about more of a role in the in the receiving game the first time that we've ever seen him to where he's gonna uh, be a snap participant and a and a and a touch share leader unlike we've seen and he's probably the best pure runner in the whole national football league. You have Tony Pollard, who's drastically improved his situation mm-hmm. as, as well. Um, these are guys, you know, when you think about McCaffrey and I mean, I think with Jonathan Taylor, there's two sides to that argument. It's like Matt would probably talk about the RG three Alfred Morris corollary. I'm sure with opening up the zone lanes via the zone read and things like that. But you can also poke some holes in that and say, well, what if Anthony Richardson really takes a whole lot of time? What if that offense just presents the systemic risk of not really being that good, not being in scoring position that often. And when they do get down in there, you have this fucking robot at quarterback it's, that just, it's just, I mean, just we saw Cam Newton do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
with him, I guess it can go both ways. But yeah, you know, I mean, you have you have you have Barkley in year two with it with with Dable sort of coming into the prime of his career where he's going to be very 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 motivated to go to go make some money. So mm-hmm. I so I, I mean I can't believe I'm here rail. I'm, I I would never be the one to rail against Bijan Robinson. Right, it's just, right. It's just I find. I, I I find that there's excellent cases to be made for some of these other guys and maybe not as much of a downside possibility. Now, granted, the first thing I wanted to say, you know, if this could be an LT situation where not where none of that stuff doesn't matter. I mean, Bijan, it's really this it's it's the compa- it's it's the thought exercise of talent versus the game that we play, which is fantasy football, whether it be best ball or rookie draft. Well, I mean, rookie drafts totally the beast. He's the one-on-one, you know, in that format. But when you're talking about a full-on draft startups and whatnot, it's not that Bijan's not talented. I think we both think he's super talented. He's going to be really, really good in the National Football League, one of the best prospects we've seen at his position in this sport. But I actually did take him at the 109 in a best ball uh, redraft seasonal league. And it wasn't that I regretted Bijan at the 109. It's as I saw the pattern of the second, third, fourth rounds, that is when I started <laughs> to truly regret my Bijan pick when – all of this value was sitting there in the fourth round. Josh Jacobs is sitting there and Josh Jacobs had a career season and has really never been worse than running back 15 on any given year. When you see all these running backs just slide down the rounds, you're going, why the fuck did I waste Mm. a pick on the running back? And it has no, you know, that is not an indictment on his talent or his skills one iota. But when you see, I mean, this is the year of zero RB. I mean, the zero RB, uh, you know, that community, just did so many victory laps because of how the 2022 season played out. All your normies, all your casual fantasy gamers are employing the zero RB strategy. It is the blanket strategy. Everything everyone is using. So with that being the case, you see this massive run of receivers. If you go Bijan at one Oh nine, you are going to be now just either deciding screw it. I'm completely zigging and I'm going to take two or three of these nasty running backs, or you're going to be just the fat elephant at the end of the stampede, just kind of picking up whatever you can. In no, I mean the fat elephant at the end of the stampede. <laughs> that's funny. It's good. Um, I, that's that, that's all interesting to me. I mean, I would I would I'd push back a little bit and say I'm not sure. By the time we get into redraft season, um, but uh, you know the true redraft season, we're not there yet. That no, that stuff that's August. Off. Yeah, well, it's end of end of July, or like around the time of the Hall of Fame games, when people start getting. That's when you start that's, seeing, yeah, right. seeing like the signups on your website and stuff. People come, oh, yeah. The, fil- when they're playing, when they're practicing people, with the helmets people, on, the people back. filtering back in, kind of emailing yeah. you about, hey, when's this cheat sheet getting updated? Like, pe- like you know, when people start to care again, you it's, see the spot, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I I I think by the time we get into sort of that like redraft season in earnest, right? Um, we're people are going to go back to this is this stuff. This stuff is not going to stay the same, Matt, whenever, whenever we get into like the true, say like true redraft season and I'm seeing it, like I'm looking right now at the best ball cheat sheet versus just the PPR cheat sheet and how much differently you have to stack the tiers of running backs because the thirst for running backs is always going to, to exist in, in read in redraft leagues. People do not want to be stuck going into the season without, you know, some kind of running back depth that they can depend on. And I just, I don't think we're going to keep on seeing things happen. Like guys like DJ Moore and Brandon Ayuk and, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba and stuff, Christian Kirk going ahead of guys like Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Damian Pierce, JK Dobbins, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think that that, I don't think that that can keep up. The reason why I think that that's, that's happening right now with the ADPs on underdog is simply because of the way that people are choosing to build on underdog right now. And the way that we, that we can take advantage of that is by saying, all right, we're going to roll a little bit along with this, but realize like this running back dead zone we've talked about for these last couple of years, mm-hmm. all this stuff, throw that, throw that out the window. Like that, that, yeah. that does not exist anymore. That's, that, that's, that the way that these things have, have gone, it's gone too far. And, when you're running back dead zone, your your zone, your so-called dead zone is basically, you know, with what what do they say? Rounds three through whatever, rounds three Six through seven or something. Or something. Yeah. I mean, you got Travis Etienne in there, you got Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, you got Najee Harris, you know, Dalvin, who, you know, clearly um, you know, that's a whole other you know, whole 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 other deal with him about how, how to value Dalvin. But I mean, Miles Sanders, now Alexander Madison's going to be up in that mix. Mixon, um, Jameer Gibbs. He's, he's Gibbs is skyrocketing for sure, yeah. But he's, but he's, he's going to be a dead zone type of running back, right? I mean, if he's going to be in that thick of it. Yeah, he's going to be in that, that, that rounds for sure. Yeah, and then, and then there's even like a post-dead zone. There's the J.K. Dobbinses, the Damian Pierce's, the Rashad Whites, the David Montgomery's, the Javante Williams's. You know, yeah, that's the Cam second, Akers, that's Pacheco. Yeah. You know what I mean? James Cook. So that, yeah. that 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 group that group really doesn't exhibit its first fall off until you get to guys like kind of the perspective, like basically the rookies: mm-hmm. A Chain, Charbonnet, Antonio Gibson, who I think is a really good value right now. Right? Yeah, he still is good value. Kendra so Miller. Will- like, there's a dude. There's a Roshan. So there's a bunch of these dudes um, who you can get late. And the reason you can get them late is because of the wide receiver thirst. So with that being said, I'll, I'll go with the wide receiver thir- thirst so I can help build and help my users to build a, a, a well-balanced roster as the as the sheet is designed to do. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I think when it comes to regular redraft, if any of this stuff trickles in, and it will trickle in because so many of the influencers are in the fantasy space are big best ball guys, and they're going to – some of this wide receiver stuff is going to trickle over. I think Definitely. whenever we get to true redraft season long managed leagues, that's when we can really leverage this and say, all right, you guys want to, you guys want to start out with, you guys want to start out with, um, you know, Stefan Diggs and CD lamb at the turn, and then come back and take your DK Metcalf and you know, your then take your first running back. Well, I have news for you. I'm going to take three running backs. And, 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 and so by the time you get there, Brees Hall, you know, there are those guys are like Najee. None of those guys are going to be available to you. Right. They're not going to be available to you. If you want to do this cockamamie bullshit, you can do it, but you're going to be staring down the barrel of having Miles Sanders as your goddamn RB1. I, like, oh, Al, I love you. Dude, you just talked me off a little bit of a ledge, Alex, because I was, yeah. I had, like you said, we're not in the thick of all the casual leagues. The casual home leagues that I'm in, our drafts are in August. I, I got time, but I would have been full fledged getting all the receivers early. But now you're right. Why not pivot a little bit? Get stupid value on running backs. And then when the injury bug goes bananas, all of a sudden everyone is going to be giving up first round receivers for running backs in your casual league. So I like where your head's at. I like this little maneuverability. And and, and there's, and there's good value. And look, I'm not sure this is going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. This is just how I'm projecting it's going to happen. I could be totally wrong. But if, if, if it does happen where people keep drafting this way that they're drafting an, an underdog, right? You can you can you could legit start out with Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, and your wide receiver one could be like 
you can still have a good wide receiver one like Calvin Ridley or Debo Samuel or so you know what I'm saying something like oh, that. Yeah, Christian Kirk, it, Chris it, Godwin. And then and then just go wide receiver for a couple go wide receiver for a couple picks. Make sure to get your make sure to get your you know undervalued guys like your Traylon Burkses or your you know your guys that nobody's gonna feel sexy picking like Tyler Lockett. Next thing you know, dude, next thing you know, you're looking down at a, at a monster. Yeah. And in best ball formats too, like I've been, I've been trying to to get into the swing of things a little bit more with best ball. I I admittedly, that's not one of my uh, favorites. So I've been, you know, really excited to talk to you about it and talk to anyone who uh, will talk about best ball. I'm trying to get better. Actually, I got roasted on one of our shows. I submitted my lineup and he picked it apart because it sucked. So when you're building these best ball teams, are you, are you kind of just playing by the rules that are set by all these draft rooms where you are going to go receiver early? Or are you saying, fuck it, I don't care. Give me the running backs and we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to pick up that value late on the Tyler Lockett's on the Juju Smith Schuster's a little bit later. Well, I mean, for, for, for underdog where I, where I play, um, I, I'm not going to pretend like I play any, you know, I, I play at underdog. So that's yeah, sort of where my experience lies. Um, I'll take, I'll, I'll take between, I'll, I'll take either four or five running backs. Mm-hmm. I'll take either I'll take either seven, eight, or nine wide receivers. I will take either two or three quarterbacks and either two or three wide receiver or in either two or three tight ends. Mm-hmm. And the two or three quarterbacks just has to do with if I see a stack developing late. Lately, it's been the CJ Stroud stack, but you can also get the Bryce Young stack. I mean, his associated pieces are very, very cheap. Nobody, yeah. nobody, none of these best ball bros want to take Adam Thielen. He's, he's too old. They <laughs> like these guys. Yeah. Think about these best ball guys as the guys, guys like us. It's like, nobody gets excited to take Adam Thielen. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody mm-hmm. is going to be excited. To t- I'm not excited to take him. He's old. He's probably it's not exciting. No. He, like his, 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 his analytic numbers have come down every mm-hmm. year, but would, would you be that, would you be th- that, um, surprised if he had say six usable weeks where he, he cracked your optimal lineup i mean like it wouldn't be that surprising it not would, at like, all he i, I think he's he eight sh- touchdowns this year like i mean it, right. that's it, that's it my point. Like he's gonna of, have a couple of two touchdown games right right so i mean it, it it would feel like he would have at least some games where he's usable um you know mingo you can always get him late terrace marshall's going on un- drafted hayden hurst is going undrafted like so that bryce young stack and stuff's you know I'll go a third quarterback then. Um, I'll go a third quarterback if I see the C.J. Stroud stuff opening up because, like I talked about it, I love that Tank Dell, C.J. Stroud, the, the John Mechie. Be honest, uh, is that because of Trashman? Trashman was big Stroud. on Tank. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Did he sway you? Yeah, kind of. Well, it's not just that. It's also C.J. Stroud himself just saying, yeah. like, this is the guy, man. This is the guy I wanted. This is the dude I wanted. Um uh, you know, there's this, there's lately I've been kind of getting a little bit in, interested in Taekwon Thornton, just with all the buzz around him. We're talking about a sub four, three guy, and you can get that, mm-hmm. you can get that Mac Jones, Taekwon Thornton stack at the very end of your draft. So um, that's, those are the times when I would go with um, that. I would go with the, the uh, three with the three quarterbacks, but what I read out, you know, the running backs, four to five of them, wide receivers, seven to nine of them, quarterbacks, you know, two to three, tight ends two to three and just from my experience doing this from from putting together these sheets you're asking the general overall strategy i can't get those seven to nine wide receivers unless i do dabble into them earlier than i would like to but i'm not going to do anything where it just makes zero sense i'm i like i can't i can't in my right mind take you know uh just say like 
Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I loved as a prospect, or Michael Pittman, who I'm worried as hell about, or DJ Moore, who I'm worried as hell about, over, you know, Aaron Jones? Are you like, it doesn't, yeah. that doesn't make any sense to me. Now, it, it makes sense to me when I'm like, okay, I am, I'm staring down the barrel of uh, Devontae Smith versus uh, Derrick Henry or something. Right, Whereas yeah. my, you know, my heart is screaming at me saying, what the hell are you talking? You're taking the number two wide receiver versus like versus Derek Henry. King who's, Henry. Yeah. Who's like, even in PPR, it gets you a 25 plus fantasy point game. He's right. not even a PPR guy, but it gives you a 25 plus fantasy point game. 40% yeah. of the time over the last two years. It, like, but in that spot, I'll be like, well, at least Devonte Smith, at least I know I'm getting a, I'm getting a stud wide receiver here. You know, like, He's a stud. To, He's like, a stud. like, like to me, it's it's not egregious. There's Tony Pollard that's getting into a a much better position now than we would have ever hoped for, right? Go and if he's up against one of my favorite receivers in the league, one of my favorite prospects ever, Chris Olave, um, that's a point where I could take Olave. You know, I I, I, could, mm-hmm. I could take him because maybe Pollard will slip. You know, maybe Pollard will slip, and I can get him later. Or you know what? Maybe he doesn't slip, but I'll be able to get one of these other guys just a little bit later. Um, I think that's a long way of answering your question about how I navigate it with all these early wide receivers. If it, if it doesn't feel egregious to me, if it's like, man, this is a really good player. I'm choosing here between two really good players. Um, uh, that's, that's when you'll run away a little bit receiver early. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know that they're running, but they're, they're running backs, dead zone, like, you know, pseudo dead zone, post dead zone, and then super post dead zone rookie upside studs that I've won on a lot of my teams, like Roshan Johnson, most specifically mm-hmm. Kendra Miller, um, who you can get a lot later. And then, you know, super life preserver types later on, like your, you know, like your Zach Evans, who you might get one or two usable weeks out of. So keep that, pin that in your mind, because I want to get back to that. But I want to talk about this because you you teased it a little bit. But Brees Hall, I mean, the, the Bryce Young stack. So you can go rookie to rookie. Brees Hall, I mean, why do I keep saying Brees Hall? Bryce Young to Jonathan Mingo. Mingo's going around wide receiver 60. Is he an alpha? Can he provide that wide receiver one uh, type of output on that offense with a fellow rookie and Bryce Young? Yeah, well, I th- well, here's the thing. We got to remember that Bryce Young's awesome. So it's like people worry about how short he is and everything like that. To me, it's, I mean, to me, it's the with with the way that with the way that he can the way that he can operate to just you can just go back and you can go back and just watch him. I watch a ton of the Alabama tape just because I, I love to. I, I love to watch um, good players. And also, you know, you got to see some of the stuff, especially from the spring games and things earlier when Steve Sarkeesian was there and the things he was doing before he got to Texas. Mm-hmm. And just what, what you've seen, what I've seen of as a close observer of that program over the last couple of years is that Bryce Young's awesome. And he finds himself yeah. in spots where he's like, um, he finds himself in spots where he's, he's, he's just a, he's just a naturally finding these windows and stuff. Like he's a, um, He's a he's just a he's a really natural quarterback who doesn't necessarily need to get off platform to use his mobility to get in spots where he can make all the right throws. Mm-hmm. So it could could Mingo be that good? Mingo has turned out to be a better prospect than I had thought he was going to be. What Cody and I always talked about with Jonathan Mingo is look, is he gonna be is is he's this big old miss wide receiver who um who's two, 225 pounds who played a lot out of the slot. And so the question is, is he A.J. Brown or is he Dontario Drummond, right? Mm-hmm. 
And the answer we can't do the senior bowl is like, well, he's kind of neither, right? He's kind of neither. Yeah. He's the, uh, he's, he doesn't he seem surprised to be, a little bit. He doesn't seem to be an AJ Brown. He certainly is not as bad as a, as a Dontario Drummond. Thank then God. going through the process, I, I don't have my, I don't have my sheet pulled up, but this is all, but I, th- I, I, th- I think, I think he ran a four, four, six. Um, he did. Yep. 77 yeah, so, percentile. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, he had a good process and he was more valued by teams than we would have generally thought. What, what has me a little bit hesitant about him is simply the fact that there's a, there's this weird drum beat out of Carolina for Terrace Marshall right now. And I don't know if that's just them kind of considering that has started through the whole process. Didn't they say something at the combine when you guys were there, they meant they made a point to bring him up out of nowhere seemingly. Yeah. And then Joe person who I think is probably the best beat writer on that there in that city is, you know, I was reading in the athletic the other day about, you know, somebody asked about something and just in passing, he said, and then there's also Terrace Marshall who, who they're hoping they can step up to, to, to be their number one this year. And just, you know, this kind of, random Terrace Marshall stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know what, what, what that means about, you know, how Mingo is, how Mingo is looked. There's also, you know, uh, I think that Miles Sanders is going to see an uptick in, in some of his stuff this year, as far as, you know, just what we've seen from Bryce Young, the way that he can deliver the football to his running backs. We saw it in spades last year with Jameer Gibbs. Um, we also know that, Who's the most common comparison that we get for Bryce Young? It's Drew Brees, who's the all-time best screen game quarterback for running backs that we've had in, in fantasy football. So um, it could be a little bit of thing where he could, could get squeezed for targets at first. And Mingo was one of the guys who there was a question that you sent about who might be going a little early. I think Mingo might be actually kind of going a little bit early, Matt. Okay. Um, so what did you just say he was? Wide receiver? Right around just- wide receiver 60-ish. I think it's 58 on some and some play. I think we're at wide receiver 50 to seven, uh, 58, 60. Oh, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not looking at the ADPs. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my, uh, exposures and it makes sense. I have zero Jonathan Mingo. <laughs> he's like, why he's not gonna draft That's why I couldn't find him. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> wide receiver 59, 130 ADP. And so if we just look at some of the wide receivers who are going after him, who were rookies, um, we have the, it's it's easier to go over the list of guys who are even going ahead of him. JSN's going only going ahead of him. Jordan Addison's going ahead of him. Of course, Quentin yeah. Johnston's going ahead of him. Zay Flowers is going ahead of him, and that might be it. Yep, and then Mingo. So he's basically rookie wide receiver five. Mm-hmm. And I I don't think that the landing spot is enough for me to say he's a guy I'd ranked in like my top ten or something like that. But is the Carolina landing spot enough to boost? his you know boost what we think about him as a as an actual talent from his talent profile to boost him up kind of five spots from what we thought of him completely agnostic of his team like no like i can see why rashi rice like rashi rice is the next guy off the board with the wide receiver 60 adp now i can see why he's a guy who i had ranked like 12 and i could see why somebody would say like oh he has 12 before but now he's in kc let's let's bump him up to the sixth spot right but but so like what's up? But why are we not having a conversation about um, Jaden Reed, who's like now? I mean, he's locked into three wide receiver sets. He got the second mm-hmm. round draft capital. He's a guy who I ranked higher than all of these guys, and now he, they're saying he could play outside too. He just doesn't need to play out of the slot. He's already a better football. Pl- he's a much better football player than Ro- Romeo Dobbs right out of the gate. Oh, Dobbs, yeah. He, he walks, dude. He walks into that wide receiver room, and he's the automatic 
no doubt, absolutely take it to the fucking bank, write it down on Sharpie across the top of my forehead, the second best wide receiver that the Packers have. So to, I'm like, going to hold you to that. I'm going to make someone write that across your forehead. Wh- so why is why is why is he going at wide receiver 71? Marvin Mims in Denver. I mean, the, the first pick of the whole Sean Payton era is going mm-hmm. at wide receiver 73. So, yeah, to me, um, Mingo, I think he can be fine. I don't understand why this landing spot has just juiced him up so much to where he's going in relation to some of these other rookies that I'm more interested in, you know, 10, 12 wide receiver spots earlier. I agree. I completely agree on the Mingo front. Uh, he, the ADP right now is just not where I want to be taking him. There are plenty of players in or even behind him. Like Tank Dell, you mentioned him at the top of the show. Give me that Tank Dell a little bit later. I think give me the guy who has 2,600 uh, receiving yards in his last two years at Houston. Give me someone who's a mega producer who his quarterback said, can we trade up here in the third round to get? Uh, but what I think about the Mingo thing, I think why he gets so much hype is the Panthers knew that the 208 was going to be a receiver. They did not have another pick until was it the third, like late third or whatever. So people kind of knew if they took a receiver, it was because they wanted to partner up with Young to be that connection over the long term. But my pushback on that is this. To your point, Young is very good. He's a competent, very, very good quarterback. He's small, but he's... He's a great distributor. He yeah. showed that in college. He, I mean, I think people have already forgotten that he, he was the greatest or the most um, uh, prominent, hyped high school prospect quarterback that Alabama's program has ever had, right? He was, right. I, I, I want to say that Bryce, yeah. Young, Bryce, yeah, he was like the premier prospect going into the Alabama, the most hyped quarterback they've ever had going into their program. I mean, he's an he's an incredible he's an incredible player. Like I said, man, you can you can even watch back those old spring games and and stuff. Right, you know, like, you start like right away, like he's like very good. That, right, there's stuff that you can see that's it's very. Like, I mean, people people like they want to talk about how how small he is, and I I, I get it. He's not tall, but like literally, find me another knock. That's the that's the truth, and he's been small his whole career. It's not like he's, he's small. Old. It's like he's all not right, all fine. of a sudden. Wait, wait, I'm small. Is you this- got it. He has the skill around it. I defer to you. He's small. Find me another knock. I'm with you. And I also, that's to my point about the Mingo thing is he's a distributor. So if Mingo does not fire right away, he will start relying upon Hurst and Thielen and even going more deep to Shark. He can make those, the ball, uh, he can pass the ball around. So Mingo at, you know, wide receiver 60 to me is a little bit too rich for my blood. Now, I do want to talk about these later uh, round running backs or just running backs, rookie running backs in general, your Roshans, your, your Kendra Millers, uh, the guys you mentioned earlier. What are your kind of overall thoughts on them? And are their ADPs currently fair, a little overpriced or underpriced? Well, I mean, I think I, I think that they're fair. I think that Kendra Miller was a guy who, you know, if people were using our stuff before the draft, I mean – you're going to be happy you got so much Kendra Miller with your, you know, with your last people weren't taking Kendra Miller. They like, right. I couldn't believe it in Dynasty. They weren't, people weren't even talking about him in the top tens and stuff. I'm like, he's the, I'm like, he, he's, he could end up being the, he could, he could end up being the second best, probably not second best, but I mean, certainly third best running back in this class. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 and it's, kind of fairly obvious to me <laughs> like it but nobody else is saying it um well, so people don't tend to like i guess 511 215 pound running backs that had what was a 1400 rushing yards they probably just don't like those guys yeah right? oh yeah yeah like, <laughs> those guys like suck, alex like like with all the best like with all the best underlying metrics and the, like the like the absolute right. the absolute heartbeat of a team that had a 
historical season, unlike anything they've ever had before, <laughs> simply because they Yuck, were. Yeah, I don't want those guys, this Alex. Runner that looked like a you know looked like a maniacal Kareem Hunt when he was back at Toledo. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Um, but no, so but so I but I think that his ADP is Kendra's ADP now running back 44, 134 overall. So you're gonna have to take him. You know, you, he's he's gonna. If you get to the eleventh round or something, and you want him, and he's still there, you're gonna you're gonna have to take him there. It's it's, yeah. it's not round seventeen anymore. Um, Roshan Johnson, you, you you usually more of a guy you can feel safe taking in the twelfth round. Uh, that to me feels perfectly fine. Um, not getting quite as much Tajay Spears. Certainly, I mean um, Chase Brown's going a little bit later with some of this stuff, man. Like with with the Joe Mixon stuff, I'm I've been taking the angle of I don't think anything's going to come of it with that being said you, you you never know what could come of it I could see maybe starting to take some shots on Chase Brown if things start to get a little bit squirrely there with him mm. I think now with the uh, he's, he's a guy I hadn't considered much at all but with the Dalvin Cook news Dwayne McBride's probably somebody I need to rethink just a little bit about yeah. how he fits into that situation there with uh, Alexander Madison and with Ty Chandler for the um, for the Vikings and then uh, other than that, man, as I'm looking down here, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't have any interest in like Izzy Abanacanda. No um, way, you can't. That landing I, spot was, it was a, it nuked his value. You know, so, somebody who I've gotten a little bit of is Evan Hull. Um, yeah, in, in in Indy because he has an, he has, he has a final round ADP, and if you get really screwed at running back and you want to uh, maybe swing for the fences with somebody like, him, I mean. I, I would never want to jinx an injury, but if, if anything were to happen to Jonathan Taylor, Evan Hole has the skill set to not only kind of come in and maybe be an immediate kind of one B to him, but also he he's shown that he can stand up to some volume between the tackles. I mean, he, he would come in and he would be a very, if, 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 if JT got hurt week one, 2023, people would be blowing what two $200, Two hundred. It would be a hundred percent. Yeah, he'd be on the waiver wire. Yeah, for 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 Evan Holes. I mean, so I think master. Yeah, so I think that he makes sense. And then the other guy I mentioned earlier, just somebody, just along the same lines. If if if, and this is more of a long play, but Cam Akers has shown for the Rams. He's shown that man. It's been a real up and down affair for him, and Mm -hmm. he's also shown that organization enough to where that organization seems to feel no real commitment to him. It feels like when he falls into their laps with something good happening, he begins to play well. They kind of get back on his side, but it doesn't feel like he has any institutional buy-in from, from you know, from McVeigh and from Les Sneed. Um, they, right. you know, he... They looked to trade. They tried to trade him like three times. He doesn't just, even need... No he one took him. Need, he didn't even need to get hurt. He could just get benched. And so... He really could, yeah. Absolutely. So I, think that, I think Zach Evans at some point will be, you know... He'll be somebody who I'll be on my Sirius XM show next year, and I guarantee you it'll be Saturday afternoon and I'll get a call and they'll be like, should I start in, in my flex? Should I start Zach Evans or so-and-so? And like, and I'll right. have to, there'll, there'll be some weeks where he'll be a thing. You so can see I, the outs there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that towards the end, as far as running backs, those would be the guys that I'd be interested in taking the stab on. I'm sure I've left somebody out, but uh, you know, those are the ones that kind of come to me off the top of my head. Well, the guy I did want to bring up, he's going around, you know, running back 55 right now in underdog, is Tank Bigsby. I, you know, I like the prospect in Tank Bigsby, and the, the, the echoes that are coming from Jacksonville OTAs is not really super endorsing of Travis Etienne. Yeah, but, I mean, Travis Etienne's still there. And, like, why take Tank? For it, sure. 
But why take so why take tank ahead of Roshan? Why take well, I don't know if I would take him ahead of Roshan. I I guess maybe I'm in a lot of drafts where Roshan is gone earlier than Tank. So maybe it's just really my own bias here. But I mean, gun to my head, I'm taking Roshan, but I think Roshan does have a higher ADP right now, doesn't he? The, in um, underdog, I think it's a little bit higher. Roshan. Ah, right- uh, man, do you know what? I don't know if this is my do you I'm I I could be looking at my CSV upload here. This this could be because my CSV, I've, I like my users, I, I give them a CSV upload that they can put right into Underdog. Yeah. So I'm, when I'm when I'm looking at the, the ranking, where you, you, cl- you click on the rankings tab, I'm, I might be seeing like my rankings. It's all right. And, I mean, just so, for the conversation, I think I would say but, I would go with Roshan, but but if if, if yeah. when Roshan's off the board, I like I'm I'd rather have Bigsby over Spears. I would certainly rather have Bigsby over a Banacanda. You know, so so I it looks. No, no, no. So this is actually so. These are the real rankings. All right. So, um, because this, I have Cup ahead of Tyreek Hill, and so this at these rankings have Hill ahead of Cup. So these are the right ones. So yeah, and actually right now, and these update every two days. So it's like yeah, know, they're super up on it. Yeah. So um, but right now, Tank Bigsby, I think he's gotten yeah, his ADP is one forty five. Roshan's is one at one forty six point four. So he's so going. They, one, he's going they're one kind of ships in the night, probably. I would, in the last few, I mean, yeah, you're seeing a lot of that. You're seeing more hype for Bigsby and a little bit more fading of Roshan. I did, so they I probably did, I did, do. You see that? But to me, that's more of a kind of like a red flag for ETN than it is a let's let's like a let's go flag for for Bigsby. If that makes any sense, it, like it, it could be a situation where it, where Tank Bigsby his production it's enough to it's enough to really bite into what you wanted from ETN. But my fear would be that it's not enough to where it's like what you want for your running back as far as your fantasy squad. Yeah, no, that is a good point. That maybe it's it's the news coming from o- the OTAs in Jacksonville is not so much let's put it behind Tank Bigsby, but let's weigh down Travis Etienne earlier in drafts. That's actually a good way. Of, I never really thought of it in that kind of perspective. That's a good way to think about it because maybe it do- it doesn't mean that Bigsby's going to get more touches. It just might mean Travis Etienne's not going to be unlocked. To the degree I mean, that I'm we would certain, want at that point. Yeah, I'm certainly worried about ETN. That's a whole different, whole different pot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, we'll have you on again to talk about ETN worries. But let's wrap the show up about Roshan. Let's talk about Johnson a little bit because I think here at Player Profiler, obviously roster watch, we've been kind of higher on Roshan than a lot of others. So I've always had some hype behind him. I've always been excited to take him. I've, you know, I've, I've always tried to make trades in my rookie drafts to get him. But now we're starting to see his ADP sink a little bit because I don't know if the Khalil hype is starting to get higher because he's getting reps with the ones at OTAs. But what's your just thoughts on Roshan? And then how do we bring that into, you know, tie that into the best ball draft? So he's, are you taking him there and everything? Yeah, I'm trying to get him as much as I can, man. I really am. Like the the main question with Roshan in these best ball drafts, the reason I don't have like 40% exposure to him is simply because what we talked about earlier as far as the structure of these things. There's a mm-hmm. lot of times whenever I'm at the very beginning of these things, I I don't I I don't want these these best ball underdog type of zero RB drafters to have their cake and eat it too. Like I'm going to zig when they zag. And if they're going to leave me with an elite running back build, you know, by the time I get to Roshan Johnson, like they're, they're, they're spots, like their players, like where they're going right now, I'm simply going to be getting a ton of them. And right Mm -hmm. now that's been Aaron Jones. It's been Alexander Madison. It's been Joe Mixon. It's been, I've been getting a lot of Miles Sanders. Um, So if I'm getting a couple of, and those are priced in on the sheet to where that like, 
you, you know, you, you take them at value, but golly, it's like if the value presents itself to you, whenever mm-hmm. you have a choice between one, one of those guys and some dude like, you know, Marquise Brown, who I like, I don't even know if like, is Colt McCoy going to be his quarterback this year? Is he going to be the kid Clayton from, Toon? I have no idea. Kid from U of H, is that even their backup? Is it Clayton Toon, U of H? They have Toon, they have McCoy, and then they have, they have Driscoll. I think it is one of the Jesus run. Christ. One of the kids are just going to run. I mean, Kyler Murray tours. Did he tear his ACL in December? Yeah, it was during the Patriots game in Week Twelve, okay. something like that. Marquise Brown is a specialized. He's a specialized weapon who needs a like a, a good quarterback who's going to be able to get him the football. He's not a DeAndre Hopkins who's going to make it easy on anybody. He just he just isn't. Mm-hmm. So um, just say something like that. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reach for a for a Marquise Brown over one of those running backs who I just listed simply because it makes my roster look good to start. So by the time I get to Roshan, right, I'm going to be looking at players who have been sort of left left to the scrap heap. I'm going to be looking at like Elijah Moore and you know. I'll be looking at like the Gabe Davises, or, or I guess Gabe Davis will be gone. But I'll be looking at guys who I know what you you're know, saying though. Guys who I can if see you have stud running backs, like, you're not looking for late round running backs. Yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be getting my late round wide receivers that I like. I'll be getting my Jaden Reeds yeah. and my Van Jeffersons, my Taekwon Thorntons, and some of my Sky Moors, like these these upside players. To where it's like, yeah, I mean, does it look as good as the rest of this stuff if you started out with a more balanced deal? No. Like, is mm-hmm. it optimal to kind of be like that? Well, you know, probably, probably not. I would like it to be a little bit more balanced at the beginning. So at the end, uh, you know, I could stay within that, you know, four to five running back allocation that I've told myself that I'm going to stick within. Right. Right. And not have to pass on Roshan when I think he's a good value. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to draft six. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to eliminate myself from this from this format of fantasy football and eliminate myself from in these tournaments from being able to advance if, if should I make the cut mm-hmm. because I wanted Roshan and Roshan's right. a better pick than one of these other guys. So that's why my exposures to those guys aren't quite as, as high. It's simply because sometimes in these drafts, I'll, I'll, I'll get, you know, mainly Roshan and Kendra Miller, 11th round, 12th round right now, respectively. I, I, my 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 roster allocations simply aren't allowing me to take a running back once I once I get to that spot. Yeah, I mean we we talked about it earlier in the show. I mean we, you want to zig when you when you when others zag, but at the same time, if everyone's doing a certain team build in a certain way, there are times where you're going to have to ride. The in wave. a best ball match, you have to in, do it. In, in, a, in a best ball match, you can't fix it once the season starts. You can't go that's, trade them away to anybody the, else. The, you, the you, him right there. You can't yeah. fix it on waivers. You can't do any. You, you can't do any of that stuff. You, None you of the hustling matters it. later. Yeah. yeah, it's all draft to set it and forget it. That type of thing. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. But you know, while we're while I got you here, Roshan, you want them in, in your your typical dynasty leagues, your season leagues. You want them in those formats, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah man. Yes, he's right? he's he's going to end up being the starting running back for the Bears. Yes, people I'm, are nuts that they think Herbert is going to be some sort of volume dog with Chicago. He was great in his role when they had Demont. Herbert's been a fine player. He's been good. He's been efficient. The team worries about his pass catching ability. They worry about him on third downs. They worry about him with, with without the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. That's never been anything that Deontay Foreman, even though I've stand for Deontay Foreman's hands. I mean, yeah. I know his hands personally. I've seen him and his brother throw the football in my own in my own front yard like years ago right like i mean the 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 the, the guy can catch but nfl teams don't seem to trust him 
in that spot. Like no, you, you take you take Roshan Johnson for the way he can catch and the way he can pass protect. Like they love him for that. So he's good. Roshan will be on the field doing that kind of stuff. And a player of Roshan's ilk, whenever he gets the opportunity to kind of start dipping his toe into you know between the tackles work, early down work. They're going to get to see what he looks like is a, with his three-down skill set. And eventually it's going to be the, the Roshan thing with these with these other guys being more situational, whereas it's going to start out with, with Roshan being the one who's certainly the most situational because he's the one that, that, that they're going to trust in passing situations on third downs, et cetera. Yeah, and an, an ascending offense, an offense that they're hoping takes another step as a whole, you're going to need the guys that can kind of do all of it like that, like Roshan. You don't necessarily want to have – uh, you know, just like a bunch of kind of mediocre guy. You want to truly push this thing forward. And Roshan, you think, could be that guy. I mean, I'm for it. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, and he's and, and, and he's a 12th-round pick. And he's a 13th-round pick in, in redraft. It's like if he doesn't hit, yeah. it's not going to kill you. What, yeah, I mean, there's what, no what's the opportunity there, yeah. cost? You exactly. Know? It's fair. It's a fair place to pay. It's kind of baked in there. All, all, all the, the worries you'd have about a player, like you said, you're not really wasting a top 10 pick or top eight pick. But last question I have for you before we say goodbye on this beautiful or just started raining over here, Matthew. So not so beautiful Saturday. Give us a rookie bowl take. Dude, a, 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 um, a beautiful Saturday around here is when, when it rains. I, I need this lake level to come back up, dude. I need I need the oh. lake to come up 12 feet so I can put my pontoon in, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, baby. Rookie bold take. Uh, um, okay. I'll, uh, I'll say that um, – is it bold? I mean, is it, is it, is it bold to say that how bold is – how bold is this? You want to workshop a bold take? Jay, Let's workshop Jay, it. Jaden Reed, Jaden Reed outscores JSN and PPR in 2023. Yes, that's a bold take. I think a lot of people would you stop a lot of people dead in their tracks. Is that answer? Like, what? Fuck yeah, let's do it. I love that. That's gonna be a wrap on the game plan today. Again, make sure you're subscribed to the Player Profile YouTube channel. Hit that like button. Leave a comment, Alex. Please tell everyone listening where they can get all of your content, where they can find you on socials, all that good stuff. Where they can maybe see you as you're out there on your pontoon boat. Yeah, I don't know about you seeing me on the pontoon. Like, like I said, we need 12 feet into Lake Travis, but before that boat gets in the water, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the um, yeah, uh, you can hear me on uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Um, I think you know, starting in July, I'll be on a whole lot more often. We'll have some announcements with uh, all the, all that stuff. But we we have the training camp tour and all that, where we'll be going to the different training camps, telling people you know how these things are looking with the depth charts, how things are looking with these players, making sure that you guys know everything that you need to know from somebody that's looking at this from a fantasy angle, as opposed to these beat writers that just care about reporting on the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear all that on the channel, Sirius X and fantasy sports radio. Also the roster watch podcast. Uh, we get two or three podcasts a week. We're starting to get guests on now, Matt, we should get you on soon for sure, brother. Um, and then um, on Twitter, it's all the socials, man, YouTube, just, it's, it's, it's at roster watch or backslash roster watch. And of course the websites where everything lives roster watch dot com and um yeah some cool shit coming up man and certainly appreciate all of our subscribers we we couldn't do it without them so appreciate uh pre- and, and, and appreciate you for having me on dude well thank you very very much and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna have to hold you to that i would love to come on and uh, hang out again that's always a blast kicking with you and i think what the, our listeners can take from this is that you 100 invited me to come out on that pontoon boat okay that's gonna wrap <laughs> up the 
the show. Again, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Kiwoom. You can get all my stuff at playaprofiler.com. Make sure you like and subscribe this video. Join the Player Profiler Discord. We got a whole lot of great stuff going on there. And make sure you check out the executives on Patreon. That's Cody and I's executive Patreon. So check us out. That's patreon.com slash executives where you can find that. Keep game planning, my friends, and I'll catch you all next week. Peace.